So uh, we're just going to jump right in uh, tonight with the uh, the topic. I was trying to think of something that we could do, which is uh, Purim related, not uh, um, week. Uh, so I decided we need a, a little bit of a break from uh, from that. So I have Sheer on Zoom, but we're not going to discuss the the topic. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, deal with a, um, in and of itself is a light topic, which has a couple of very important uh, halachic principles. Uh, it touches on some political stuff. And if any of you touch that third rail, so I will kindly say that's not our discussion now. <laughs> and I will uh, push it off for, uh, for another time for a different venue and a different type of uh, a shear. And we're going to try and uh, keep ourselves focused on, uh, on the topic in front of us. So we're going to go a little bit out of order, just because that is, first we're going to start off with the Purim connection, and then we'll swing back around and then eventually get back to, uh, to Purim once again. Okay, so uh, towards the end of Hilchos Purim, almost uh, right near the end, so the Ramah says as follows. It says, Umashanogu lilvosh partsufim bepurim. So the practice that people have wear masks on Purim, that in of itself is not going to be an issue. But then it says, but a man who goes ahead and puts on a woman's dress, we'll just say for simplicity, or a woman dresses like a man, that's the costume that they put on, man like a woman or a woman like a man, says the Ramah in Isravadavar, so there's no prohibition to go ahead and cross-dress on Purim. Why? Because the intent is doing so is shtick. So as long as your intent is shtick, rather than to actually cross-dress and violate the Yisr, which we will define shortly. So being that it's all in good fun, so all in good fun is a heter. I looked to see if anybody extends this to the double bacon cheeseburger, and I didn't see anybody say that as of yet. But we, uh, but there, there is this idea that as long as it's being done, the simcha ba'alma, you're good to go. Then the Ramah says, not only that, v'chem levishas kalayim drabanan. I guess if your costume involves shatnes, which is uh, which is a type of shatnes which is prohibited rabbinically, not uh, biblically, but it's rabbinically prohibited shatnes that also they seemingly suspend that iser for the sake of celebrating on Purim. The Yesh Omrim, however, the Ramah acknowledges Yesh Omrim to Aser. Some people say that Purim is not an excuse to go ahead and violate these prohibitions of cross-dressing or wearing shatnes. But, says Ramah, But the Minog is in accordance with the first opinion which says that this is permitted. Now, this is an astonishing thing that you could come along on... Uh, uh, for the sake of celebration, and you could go ahead and you could start putting aside various isurim, some of which, like uh, like a cross-dressing, uh, certainly in a, in some uh, a context, is going to constitute an isudaraisa to go ahead and do so. And it would seem strange and odd that you could go ahead and you could put aside an isudaraisa in order to uh, to enhance one's celebration and joy on Purim. So that is the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the halacha, which we are going to explore. So first, in order to be able to, uh, to get a full sense and a full appreciation 
of what the Ramah is saying here in perhaps why this is allowed. So we have to go back to the Gemara, which discusses the Ishtar of cross-dressing. So this is the Gemara in Nazir, as you see it says over here. And the Gemara says as follows. Likiditanya. And we're jumping in the middle of a discussion, but the Brysa says as follows. Lo al Isha. The Pasuk says that a woman is not allowed to wear men's garments. We're going to just translate it like that uh, for simplicity. So, Matamulomar. So, Gemara wonders what exactly is the Pasuk teaching me that I wouldn't already know? Because, Im Yobash Ish Simlas Isha. If the simple translation, the simple meaning of the Pasuk is that a man isn't allowed to dress like a woman and a woman isn't allowed to dress like a man, in other words, that they're going to uh, uh, cross-dress entirely, they're going to wear completely women's garments or a woman wearing completely, dressing completely like a man. So I already know that. Because the Torah identifies this behavior as a toeva. We'll translate loosely and not accurately yes, an abomination. And in the event that a person uh, uh, puts on a single garment, let's say, so that wouldn't necessarily be a toeva if you just put, if a man just throws on a woman's skirt or if a woman throws on a man's uh, sports jacket. So why would the Torah go ahead and characterize that as a toeva? That the wearing a single garment of the opposite gender is not something which we would necessarily associate with toeva, whatever the ne- negative connotation of that is. Ella, rather, the real meaning of this iser is, according to Tanakam, according to first opinion is, ish simas isha, a man may not dress like a woman, and by doing so, he gets to go ahead and he gets to go into, let's say, the women's locker room. So he's going to be able to pass himself off as a woman and hang out with the women. Nor is a woman allowed to go ahead and dress like a man so that she could go ahead and she could hang out together with the men. So the Isidorais, according to Tanakama, which is a toeva, which is a full-fledged violation and has all of the connotation, the negative connotation of abomination, is when you cross-dress fully, so that you could pass yourself off as a member of the opposite sex. But the descending opinion, Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov says, How do we know that a woman isn't allowed to go out and um, uh, isn't allowed to go out even with a weapon on her, uh, on her side? Meaning that... Uh, um, uh, a shield and a sword, which typical of of men uh, of men back then. Oh, one second. So we say um, that Tamulomar, the pasuk says lo al isha. So therefore, the pasuk says that even a man's uh, item, a man's article of clothing or an article, a keli, should not be on a woman. So Belezer ben Yaakov understands that to mean that even if it's just a single article of clothing, which is typical of the opposite gender, that already violates the Isser, even though she's not going to be able to, she's not trying to pass herself off as a man. She's just wearing something which is typically male, 
according to Rebbe Yaakov, that already violates the Yisr. And similarly, below Yubash Gever Simlash Isha, where the Pasuk says that a man cannot wear a woman's garment, it means, it means not only is he not allowed to wear a woman's garment, but as we're going to see in the postgame, that he's not even allowed to groom himself in a manner which is typical of women. Question. Yes. This must have come up in the original decision uh, to uh, have Israeli ladies in combat. Um, yes, indeed. It did. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't know what the what, what you know who is involved in that deliberation. Um, but it. Uh, but but yes, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that it must have come up. Uh, you know, during that uh, during that discussion, we are not um, usually when I give this uh, this uh, this talk, it relates to. Uh, so I end up talking about pants, and I end up talking about uh, let's say uh, as we're going to see some of it. Uh, going skiing, if a woman wants to go skiing and she, she's feeling much more comfortable putting on uh, uh, ski pants rather than wearing a skirt going down the uh, the slopes. So, but we're not really going to go into that uh, part of it. We're going to try and um, stay focused on the uh, on just these uh, the the straight up halachas, really, of uh, which will eventually lead us to uh, to Purim. Okay. So this is uh, so this is what the Gemara says. Now, as we're going to see now in Shulchan Aruch, we actually paskin like uh, Rav Lezer and Yaakov. So therefore, Shulchan Aruch says this is in Yeridea says Lo Sade Isha Ade Ish that a woman is not going to be allowed to go ahead and uh, wear a man's garment, even a single garment. Kagon, for example, where am I? Kagon Shetasim Berosha Mitznefes Okova. For if she's going to go ahead and put on some sort of bandana or hat, which was typical of men, or to go ahead and to wear body armor, which was typical of male soldiers because they didn't have female soldiers back, back then. As uh, he says, the, the translator says, which was a typical male garment in that location. Or, Shulchan Aruch says, if a woman gets what would be considered a man's haircut, so it also is grooming in a manner which resembles a man, is typical of a man, and that also is going to be a violation of the sister. On the flip side, velo yada ish ada isha. And a man isn't allowed to go ahead and adorn or um, uh, beautify himself as a woman. Kagon, the yilbash big day tzivonim, to go ahead and wear garments which were colored. I don't know exactly what colors were typical of females back then and not of men. But if you go ahead and you put on a color which was typical of females, or you put on some kind of gold jewelry, which was either a necklace or a bracelet or whatever it was, which was typically worn by a woman. So all of that is going to violate the, the Yisr. So as you said, this is the opinion of Rebelezer and Yaakov that we like that the Isser of cross-dressing isn't violated when you cross-dress fully so that you can pass yourself off as a member of the opposite sex. It's going to be violated even if you go ahead and you put on a single garment, 
which is uh, which is typically worn or generally worn by the opposite gender. And that's what the Ramah emphasizes over here. He says, He says, even wearing a single garment of the opposite sex is already aser. Even though you could tell from everything else that they're wearing that this is a man or a woman, still it's something which is going to be, it's going to be aser. Uh, I have a beard, which uh, looks pretty much male-like rather than female-like. So if I were to go ahead and to put on a, uh, a skirt, I don't think anybody would think for a moment that I'm actually uh, a woman. I think uh, most people would be able to figure out, despite the presence of the, uh, the skirt that I would be wearing, that I'm actually a male rather than a female. But the Ramah says it doesn't make a difference. Even though everybody will know clearly that I am a male rather than a female, nonetheless, it's going to be problematic. Except on Purim, apparently. Except perhaps on Purim. That's what we're working towards. We haven't, well, other than the first uh, Ramah, which we saw, so from the sources, as we're now working our way uh, uh, chronologically through the sources, so we haven't seen anything about Purim yet. So we're eventually going to swing back around there. Okay, so now what's, what exactly are the parameters of this Isser? So now we have, on the page of Shokharach, you have the Shach and the Taz. So we're going to see them. So Shach says as follows, Kasav HaBach, and we're going to see the Bach in a bit, but he says, the Bach writes, There are two circumstances where you could, there are leniencies as far as cross-dressing is concerned. What are those two leniencies? Those, yeah, the two leniencies. One, number one is, Even something which is a piece of jewelry or some sort of adornment, it's only going to be us to so the Bach says that it's only going, to, even if it's a single garment, but it's only going to be violated in the event that you put something on in a manner where you're trying to resemble a member of the opposite sex. Or, or if you have a man who's dressing, either a woman dressing like a man or a man dressing like a woman in order to look like the opposite gender. To the exclusion of what? But let's say uh, it's uh, um, you uh, you go to somebody's house for uh, for uh, for a Shabbos suda back in the day when that used to be uh, acceptable, and then after the suda is over and it's time to go home, so suddenly it's pouring rain outside, and you can bring with you a raincoat. So your host looks in the closet and says, "Oh, I have this raincoat for you, but it's a women's uh, uh, raincoat. Does that bother you?" Or if you're a woman, it's a man's raincoat. Does that bother you? So the Bach, the Shach quotes the Bach as saying that if you go ahead and put on, if the men put on a woman's raincoat to protect themselves from the rain, or a woman puts on a man's raincoat in order to protect herself from the rain, so mutter. So nobody's doing it in that context in order to resemble, in order to try and dress like the opposite gender. You're doing it very simply because you don't want to get all wet. So that is, or the other example that they give is that the cold. All of a sudden, the temperature, we're in Chicago here, so all of a sudden the temperature drops 30 degrees over the course of the Suda. When you walked home, it was 60 degrees and it was comfortable, manageable. And now by the time you leave after the Suda, so it's 30 degrees. So you need a coat and the only one is available is for the opposite gender. So the Bach says that that's okay. Then, Habes, the other one is, the Aflis Damos, even if you're trying, even if you're going to resemble the opposite gender, 
It's only going to be if it's a grooming or a beauty type of uh, of garment. The Chule Ayin Sham in the uh, the Bach. We're not going to see an elaboration of that of that Bach. Okay, but he says Ayin Sham Shehirich. He says if you look in the Bach, so he talks about this at great length. But the Shach himself says, sorry for the confusion between Shach and Bach, but the Shach himself says. He says, eh, I'm not so impressed by his proofs and his assertions. Maybe yes, maybe no. But he says, but the whole discussion, even the Bach, who's going to be lenient in certain cases, that's only when you're doing something, not everything, but something uh, uh, like a grooming uh, manner, which resembles that of a woman or a grooming uh, manner, which looks like a man. But if a man were to go ahead and dress like a woman entirely to the point where you can't even tell that it's a guy and you actually think that it's a female, and the same thing opposite, if a woman is able to uh, 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 present herself in a manner where people think that she is male, so no matter what, that's going to be us. Okay, so that is the Shach's uh, opinion. Um, okay, let's see the Taz over here. Now you'll have to remember, he's going to make reference to that, but the Taz happens to be the son-in-law of the Bach. He was already familiar with his father-in-law's opinion, so he also explains. Mashma, he says, the implication over here is, Aser. That the Isra of cross-dressing is when you're trying to adorn yourself or beautify yourself like the member typical of a manner of the opposite gender. But if you go ahead and you wear a coat or a hat of the opposite gender to protect yourself from the sun, from the cold, or from the rain, an Isra. That's not going to be so. That's not going to violate the answer. Only when you're trying to resemble the opposite gender that you that uh, that it's going to be answer. But if you're just trying to uh, protect yourself, it's fine. Kenirli Pashuk, the Taz says this would seem to be a simple explanation, a simple uh, analysis. And this is clearly true because if you look back earlier, a number of simanim earlier in your idea, so it's brought down, it's in Hilchos Avodah but it's brought down that a man would not, uh, back then men did not use mirrors um, to, uh, to look at themselves and to make sure that their hair is in place and to make sure that they look appropriate. That was considered to be a woman's type of, uh, of endeavor. Women looked in the mirror, men did not look in the mirror. It was, it was the, the gender difference was so pronounced they are, uh, uh, for there, there was a period of time in Jewish history where looking in the mirror would actually violate the Isser of behaving like a woman. You'll find by certain Hasidim, Ad um, those who come from like the Tzans line of Hasidim and all the various derivative of, derivatives of Tzans, but they will never have a tefillin mirror in their tefillin bag. 
They'll never have a mirror to make sure that their tefillin is in the correct spot, in the correct location, right right between the eyes, because they still consider that to be a female type of activity looking in the mirror. And that's why the Divrei Chaim wrote a whole long chupa about how you really have a wide range of space in which to put your shel rosh. And it doesn't have to be literally there's room for two of them over there. So if there's room for two of them, so that means you have a pretty wide amount of space. And they specifically did not have a mirror because back in the day, that was considered to be a woman's grooming uh, 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 accessory rather than something which men would do. But in Kufnun Vav, Shulchan Aruch says, that if you're getting a haircut by an idolater, where back in the time of Chazal, the fear was as the idolater is cutting your hair, he may go ahead and be tempted to take that knife or that razor and slit your throat or cause you some sort of harm. So when you're getting a haircut from an idolater, if you want to look in the mirror to make sure that he's not doing anything fishy behind you, so that, Shulchan Aruch says, is okay. So what do we see from there? Point out the Taz. That it's permitted to go ahead and do these types of things, what will be typically a female thing. When there's a necessity to go ahead and do so. And then the task says, not only are you allowed to, is a man allowed to look in the mirror to make sure that nobody does something fishy behind him to protect himself, but the Ramah, which we began with, says that even for the celebration of Purim is, a, is a, in an effort to achieve Simcha, if you go ahead and one cross-dresses, that also is going to be permitted. Even though there are those who say that you're not allowed to, which the Ramah quoted, Umori Chami, that's the Bach, my father-in-law, Zal Kasev Sheish Lesor Azeh, he wrote that this is Aser, and he said that it's going to be also based on the Rishon, known as Rebelezer of Mitz, who said that even at a chasana, as part of the shtick at chasana, you're not allowed to go ahead and cross-dress. And he said somebody who's going to be machmir about such a thing, they'll be blessed. But, uh, sorry, kiesh because it, 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 has, it carries with it the potential for many Averas to ultimately occur when the men actually look like women and the women actually look like men. When they go ahead and they're walking around, you can't tell who's male and who is female. It's not an uncommon thing in Yushalayim, where in some neighborhoods they're not so mockbit about the, the cross-dressing thing. That uh, if you have a girl dressing like a guy, that some yeshiva guy who's drunk will go ahead and grab what turns out to be a her, thinking it's a guy, and give a hug and a kiss, and vice versa. These things happen because, uh, number one, they could tr- cross-dress pretty well, and number two, um, in a drunken state, it makes it much more difficult to be able to, uh, to discern the difference, uh, the difference between the, the two. So we say that, uh, that uh, certain, even if you could go ahead and you could fetch out some sort of heter, it's still not a wise thing to do because it leads to, uh, it, it leads to bad things. Okay, so we have the possibility that there are some heterim here, that when there's a compelling reason, either in order to provide some sort of protection from the elements, or the possibility that for the sake of celebration, we have another uh, 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 somewhat compelling reason to want to go ahead and dress like the opposite gender. So there may be some room for leniency. Now, let's see how this actually plays itself out. 
And what we have over here is, now we have the Dark Emosha. So for those who know, the Dark Emosha is written by the Ramah. So the Ramah, which we read, is going to be based on the Dark Emosha. The Dark Emosha was written as a commentary to the tour that also is a, a more in-depth analysis of the origin of the Halacha, where uh, Rav Moshe Isulis adds sources which the Beis Yosef typically does not mention, a broader range of, of Rishonim, which he goes at and, and quotes, and uh, what the Ramah says in Shulchan Aruch, what, what you would see uh, written by the Ramah on the page of Shulchan Aruch, would, is always going to be based on what he, his analysis in the Dark Emosha. So that's why this is going to be important to understand where he's coming from. And as, we're, as we will see how what a, a great importance the Ramah places on Minhage Klal Yisrael, even if he can't justify them so well halachically. But if it's a known Minhag in Klal Yisrael, the Ramah is incredibly, incredibly hesitant to go ahead and start um, um, uh, um, messing around with uh, with uh, with uh, with establishment hugging. Okay, so he writes as follows: Kasav Mari Mintz B'Tshuva Yudzayin. Mari Mintz, this is whatever whoever the name is. He says V'Zel Shon. This is what he writes: Al Dava Levishas Apartsufim. As far as wearing masks, Shenogim B'Purim, which people do on Purim. Im Yesh Lachlish B'Zem Yishum Lo Yibash Gever Save Mas Isha do we have to be worried about the issue of cross-dressing or not? Is that going to be an issue that we need to be worried about on Purim? So says the Mari Mintz, again, this is a Rishon, he says, the Minag is clear that it is allowed, and nobody protests this at all. It's an accepted practice, it's a well-known practice, nobody raises an eyebrow towards it at all, but even though it's a widespread minog, so it seems to be in clear violation of the halach in Yordaya, the Gemara in Nazir, which we saw, and the, uh, the Shulchan Aruch, even though the Marimins uh, preceded Shulchan Aruch, but it would seem to be a clear violation of halacha. So he has to elaborate and figure out how he's going to be able to justify the practice of Kla Yisrael when it seems to be a direct violation of halacha. So it says, Mishum So he says that maybe once they go ahead and he's saying maybe they're wearing something which is similar. So it's like a, a gender neutral type of thing. I'm not sure exactly what he's referring to, but maybe there's not going to be a problem of lo yobash. Okay. Then he says, so that is point number one. Number one is, what we need to take from that is, he says that cross-dressing on Purim is a minog pashut vein mocha. It's a common practice which is, which is done, and nobody protests, which must mean that it's okay. Now, second thing which we do, which is strange on Purim, v'su denim z'v'shem riv, I don't know who that is, another one of the Rishonim, ala b'churim she'cholfim b'purim. That what happens is, is that in the celebration in the base matters, uh, with their, uh, I don't know, what they're eating or they're drinking or whatever people are holding. So they grab things from one another. They grab sandwiches and they grab chips and they grab drinks from one another. And even though they're taking it from somebody else without permission, hey, get your hands off my sandwich. And the guy goes out and takes it anyways. When do they do so? Mishas Mikra Megillah, from Megillah reading Purim night, Ad Sov Sudas Purim, until the end of the Purim Suda, which is the following night. 
Shehem, which are Shtei Leilos V'yomechad. Two nights in a day. You bring a Korban Shlamim. So you have there, it's two days in the night. But you have two nights in a day, and it's considered to be acceptable to go ahead and grab other people's stuff. Ve'en bo mishum gezo. There's no gezo, there's no uh, complaint. Hey, you stole that from me. And you can't take somebody to base and saying, hey, he stole my stuff. Provided that you don't do something which is grossly uh, 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 overboard in terms of stealing somebody else's stuff. You can't steal somebody else's car. Nobody's going to say that that's going to be acceptable as part of your simplest form. But whatever is considered to be normative in terms of what people grab from one another on Purim, that's okay. So now, what do we see from here? So the Marie Mint says, we see from here, Hare Kasa, what we, the, the principle is, the Mishum Simchas Purim, that is part of an effort to enjoy Purim, that you don't have to be worried about theft. In other words, the prohibition of theft is suspended as part of the Simcha of Purim. And once we see that you could go ahead and you could suspend the Isser of theft, as part of the Simcha Purim. So here also, if you go ahead and you put on some clothing or a mask to portray yourself as a member of the opposite gender because you think that's going to be funny and it will increase the Simcha of Purim, so you don't have to be worried at all about the prohibition of cross-dressing. That is the end of the Marimint. Sorry. He's saying an amazing thing over here, and that is that for the sake of, 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 of Simcha, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to start suspending various Isurim, and the two Isurim, which we seem to be, uh, uh, at least it's clear, that are suspendable are the Isur of Gezela, the Isur of Theft, as well as the Torah Prohibition of Cross-Dressing, both of, both of which are Isurim Daraisa. Okay, now um, your joke earlier was doesn't seem far off. What your joke of you know going out and having him you know it'll increase my simcha if I have a BLT, you know. <laughs> right? Doesn't seem to be too, too far away. Correct. We're we're gonna see. Yes. Yeah. Don't leave now and think that that's mutter. We didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so he said. Now the Ramah says he comes up with his own hetter. Uh, and he says, um, let's just skip the first line. He says, the Ramah's ra- rationalization of the practices. Uh, the Gemara says in a couple of places that if a person wants to put on shatnas in order to avoid an illegal tax, and I'm emphasizing very strongly, it's an illegal tax, not a legal tax. So to go ahead and put on shatnas in order to avoid that, so that, the Gemara says, is mutter. So what principle do we, uh, uh, do we extrapolate from there? If you're wearing the garment, but your intent isn't to wear it as a garment, it's to hide yourself from something else. You have an ulterior motive while you're, while you're wearing that, uh, that shot in his garment. When they see you wearing that shot in his garment, they assume that you're part of their club of people who doesn't have to pay taxes. It's a tax which is against the Jews. So you go ahead and you put on that shatnis garment label, which clearly would indicate that you are not Jewish. And therefore, you can avoid that illegal tax. So sorry. So that, the Mishnah and the Gemara says, is going to be permitted. 
Like you said, that a number of the Mepharshim say that your intent by wearing the shot is, is to make sure to pass yourself off as a, uh, as a non-Jew. And yet, it's still going to be permitted. So we see that if you're, going, if you're wearing it as a costume to look like something else, that's why you're wearing that shot in his garment in order to avoid looking like a Jew. Shari. So then it's going to be permitted to go ahead and violate that Isr Durabanan will say of Shatnis. Then he says, says Ramah, once we see that principle that you could wear something, but your intent is not to wear it as a garment, it's there to present yourself as something else. So who had in Purim? So maybe we could say the same thing is going to be true on Purim, where you're wearing it not as a garment per se. But you're wearing it in uh, as a shtick in order to look like something else. Then says Zerman, this is going to be key. Kay nearly tamha minog. This seems to me to be the rationale behind the minog, which he's not going to undo. Aval tov but it's better to be machmer. He's not saying it has to be machmer. We're not saying it's aser. It's a good idea to avoid it if you can. Hashem besimcha, and you should serve Hashem with true joy. Vlios gilu birada. And you should rejoice in trembling, fearful that even in the moment of your rejoicing, that you shouldn't violate any isurim. But uh, has tremendous respect for minhagim, and therefore he's not going to go ahead and undo any one of the uh, the uh, the known minhagim of Klai Yisrael. So the most he's going to say is it's best to avoid, but he won't pull the trigger and say that such a thing is aser. So that is the basis of the Ramah, which, uh, which we saw. Now, comes along the Bach. And the, now, remember, the Bach was already quote. We already saw the Bach's opinion quoted by his son-in-law, the Taz. Um, Okay, let's pick it up from over here. Because until then, he just talks about the practice of cross-dressing on Purim. And then he mentions the, the Mari Mints, which we saw mentioned already by uh, in the Dark Emosha. Comes along the Bach and he says, no, 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 no. You're going way too far. You're misunderstanding what's going on. And you're mixing apples and oranges, or really, you're mixing Chosha Mishpat in your Redea. And those are two different partials altogether. And to try and apply... Uh, like the Gemara says sometimes, that we don't learn uh, 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 Isser from Dine Mamanis. So the Bach is going to go ahead and spell that out very clearly that what may be allowed in terms of Hoshemishpat does not extend itself to Yoridea. So why? Says the Bach. Because with all due respect, uh, I can't accept what the Marie Mintz is saying. Marie Mitz is saying. Because Rebbe Lezer Mimitz, a different person from the same town, he says very clearly that to go ahead and cross-dress as part of wedding shtick in order to bring joy to Chas and Kala, he says that's absolutely awesome. There's no heter to do so. Even if your intention in the cross-dressing is some other mitzvah, Chas and Kala or Purim, Eina Dome that's not the same thing at all as wearing 
a garment of the opposite gender, let's say to protect yourself from the rain, the cold, or the sun. Saving yourself from tsar, preventing pain and discomfort, and trying to celebrate are themselves two different partios. And he says, that certainly was not going to be allowed. Um, okay, then let's jump down over now over to here. He says, Oh, Kasamari Mints. He says, Mari Mints also writes, Kevin Sheesh had the Bepurim Lachtov Hamacho, Vain Bemushum Gezel. He says, He writes that just like there's an allowance when you're everybody's uh, uh, dancing and celebrating. Uh, in the uh, in the Simcha Hall, and they're grabbing food from one another, stealing food from one another, and that doesn't constitute an Isra of Gezel. So, so he said that the same thing is going to be true. We're going to extend that heter. If Gezela is allowed, so cross-dressing also is certainly going to be allowed. That was the rationale that the, the Marie Mintz quoted from others. Says the Bach, he says, this is astonishing. He says, I don't, I, I don't understand how you could even make such a suit shell. I don't know how you could uh, uh, extrapolate one from the other. Why? Because when it comes to gzela, which is a monetary uh, uh, issue, uh, issue, Vada Yamrina, we say, Hefker, Basin, Hefker. That if Basin declares something to be Hefker, to be ownerless, Basin has the authority to go ahead and do so. They, they can pull that off. They can make that declaration. And they could say that, uh, that that's not really your stuff. Once they go ahead and they say, Hefker, Basin, Hefker, like we say, like the Achronim say, that you can't take somebody to Basin for something which you can't uh, uh, file a case against somebody in Basin if Basin themselves said that you have no case, if the, the, uh, the laws of town say that this is an acceptable practice to grab other people's food on Purim, what that means is Basin is saying that what you're holding in your hands every other day of the year, what you're holding in your hands is yours. On Purim, the food and the drink which you're holding in your hands, it's not really yours. If you get it into your mouth, it's yours. But while it's in your hands, it's still Hefker. So if somebody wants to take that from you, they can take that from you because it's not really yours. So once they go ahead and say, once they invoke the power of Hefker based in Hefker, that means that you don't have Gezela, not because we permitted the Isser of Gezela. Nobody could permit the Isser of Gezela. What we're saying is nobody has ownership of their food. And once there's no ownership and everything is Hefker, then... It's free for the taking. Go, go, ahead, go ahead and grab whatever you want. As we said, the heter over here is not a suspension of the Isidarais of Gezela. Chazal can't do that. All they could do is they could say that we are going to look at it as if none of the stuff which you're holding on to is your legal possession. Once it's not yours and it's Hefker, so Hefker, anybody could take it. But that, that is easy, says Abach. That, that, that Basin could do. They could go ahead and they could say, as far as we are concerned, this is not something which you have ownership over, and therefore somebody can go ahead and take it from you. But when we're dealing with an actual Isser, something in your day like cross dressing, that 
no base then has the authority to go ahead and suspend something which is an actual Isser, whether or not it's an Isser Daraisa or even an Isser Darbanan. Nobody could go ahead and just unilaterally come along and say, you know what, We're gonna, we decided that this Isser is no longer applicable. Who are you to decide that Isser are no longer applicable? That they can't do. And therefore, well, this is the fundamental difference which the Bach is drawing over here. That as far as the grabbing other people's food, we never mattered gazela. What we said was everything is considered to be hefker on Purim, and therefore the gazela doesn't apply because there's no ownership. Once there's no ownership, so then you can go ahead and you could grab whatever you want. But when it comes to something which is an actual isser, like cross-dressing, so that the Bach says, Basin doesn't have the authority to go ahead and start suspending the Suri Daraisa. It just doesn't work that way. Vim came. So therefore, on Purim, if people start cross-dressing and a woman dresses like a man or a man dresses like a woman, in order to look like the opposite gender, and they're doing so specifically with regards to jewelry or grooming or a garment where they're actually presenting themselves as the opposite gender, as we saw in the Gemara in Nazir, that's going to be an Isidaraisa according to Rebbe Lezer and Yaakov's opinion. And and that is the prevailing opinion in the Poskim that we Poskim like that second opinion. And it's not only going to be Aser if you cross dress fully, but even a single garment which you're wearing of the opposite gender already. Uh, crosses that line, crosses that line of an Isser Daraisa, and that Isser cannot be put aside, cannot be put on hold or pause just because it's Purim or just because you're at a Chasana. So therefore the Bach comes out very, very stark, it comes out very, very strongly that uh, it's not allowed and the precedent which they thought that they could draw from as far as grabbing other people's stuff on, the, on Purim, that he says has nothing to do because Choshem Mishpat is one set of halachas. Your day is a different set of halachas. And in Choshem Mishpat, there's a lot more flexibility through the power of Hefker based in Hefker to go ahead and say there's no ownership. And therefore, by definition, if there's no ownership, there's no theft. But Chazal could never, ever, ever, ever come along and say an Isser is no longer an Isser. That is outside of their domain. Okay, now we could swing back around. And let's see this halacha in Purim, and I will see the Ramah once again. We'll understand a little bit better what he's saying, a little bit more deeply what he's saying. And then we'll see what the, uh, how the Mishabura, uh, what the commentary he adds to this. So here, says the Ramah once again, just so we don't have to go back, we quote it again. So wearing masks on Purim, masks on Purim by itself is not going to be problematic. If you want to dress up like Barney, the dinosaur sub like that, so that's fine. But for a man to go ahead and dress like a woman, or for a woman to go ahead and dress like a man, so says Zerma, and this is the Stam opinion. He's not saying Yeshomrin. He's saying the halach is. So the Ramah says there's no Isser, being that the intent is not to wear the garment to present to. Uh, uh, is, a, is a means of wearing the garment as, a, as an article of clothing, but it's being done in an effort of simcha. 
this sounds similar to what he's saying in terms of avoiding the taxes, dressing, wearing shanis in order to avoid the taxes. So the intent over here is something else rather than really intending to cross-dress. And the same thing is going to be true with regards to Klaim, Shatnez, which is rabbinically prohibited, that also can be put aside for the sake of Simcha. And that was, that was the, the Ramah's own suggestion that that source is the, uh, the source of this idea of cross-dressing as well, that there's such a thing as putting something on without really intending to wear it as a garment, you're putting it on from, for some ulterior motive. Avoid the illegal tax, to be able to experience a simcha to a higher degree, whatever that uh, additional rationalization is. So that the Ramah says, as far as baseline halacha is concerned, the Ramah says that is halacha, that it's something which can be justified and can be rationalized. Then he says, says however, there are opinions which say that it is aser. Remember the rule of thumb by Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah is stam v'yesh. If the halacha is presented uh, as the halacha, and then the dissenting opinion is presented, and some people uh, have a dissenting opinion. The halacha is really like stam. The halacha is really going to be like the first opinion. But the reason why the Ramah would mention the second opinion is his way of hinting at the fact that if you ask me my opinion, what you should do, I think you should be machmer. You can't tell anybody that what they're doing is wrong because it is a practice that is uh, somewhat ancient minagun klai Israel. If you want to know my opinion, the Ramah says, I'm going to hint to you to the fact that I really feel that it's Asr. But even though I really feel it's Asr, I can't say, I can't uh, uh, rule definitively that it's Asr because avala minag is very But the minag is clearly in accordance with the first opinion. And therefore the Ramah is not going to go ahead and issue a ruling, even though he personally thinks that it's Asr, uh, if that's going to be in violation or that would require him to overturn an established Minagan Klaisro. So he has such great respect for Minhagim, even Minhagim that he can't justify so well that he's not going to tamper with it. He's going to leave that alone and just leave us this slight hint as to his personal opinion about the matter by throwing in the, uh, yeah, uh, some say that it's Asr, but the Minag is to be lenient. Okay, now what does the Mishnah Bura say? I see comments over here. So he tells us, and we've already done the uh, the footwork over here for the uh, the Mishabura. He says, So we already saw that there was like source three or something like that. Because of Sham Hataz, where the Taz writes He says this practice of cross-dressing uh, at uh, at, a, at a celebratory event. So the Taz in the name of the Bach says we should really undo this minog. The Ramah is unwilling to undo the minog, but the Taz and the Bach don't have that same attitude. And they feel that the minog developed uh, 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 improperly in violation of halacha. And therefore you should go ahead and you should get rid of it. You should stop it. And this is going to be true. It should stop whether we're talking about cross-dressing for shtick and purim, or whether we're talking about doing some sort of shtick Either way, the Taz in the name of the Bach say it should not be, it should not be done. The Kakas of Berhagola Sham, Berhagola also subscribes, subscribes to the same view. He says, however, in the event that a man is dressed and he puts on one garment like a woman, sometimes you'll see at a chasana, 
a guy, again, clearly he's wearing a suit, wearing a, he's got payas coming out, he's got a beard, all, he's dressed completely like a man, but he puts on a woman's shaito. So everybody can see that this is a guy who's wearing his wife's shaito. Hopefully it's his wife's shaito, not somebody else's. But clearly we see that he's wearing a shaito, but everybody knows that it's a guy. Vinikarim, him, and it's clear that this is a guy who's just wearing a woman's uh, shaito, or if a woman goes ahead and puts on a black hat or she puts on a strimal, so you can clearly see that this is a woman and she just happens to be wearing a man's strimal. So there the Mishabura says, It may be that you don't have to protest that because that already is so, the amount of cross-dressing is so minute and everybody knows that this is a man wearing a shaito or it's a woman wearing a strimo. So maybe that you could already get away with because that's really something which is uh, somewhat uh, minor. But he says, but if you want to know what you should do, if you look in these two sources, so they warn very strongly that even if you could come up with some sort of halacha justification of twisting the halacha uh, into a pretzel, a couple of times over, or whatever justification you're going to come up with to rationalize the minog, but uh, the wise thing to do is to stay away from such practices. This is not something which you could find. There are many ways that one could uh, reach a state of joy on Purim or at Achasna, and it's not mochach, it's not the necessary, it's not the, a prerequisite to go ahead and cross-dress in order to be able to experience joy in either of those two occasions. And therefore, if you could find some other shtick to do, you could juggle fire, you could juggle uh, beanbags or something like that. You could learn to uh, jump rope or find some other way to celebrate. And that would be a much better way than, uh, than not. So that is the story as far as this uh, cross-dressing on Purim. Uh, questions, comments, thoughts, reactions? Anything, wait, let me... Can unmute y'all. Um, no. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm headed for another class. Thank okay. you. Uh, I have a question, Rabbi yeah. Sheffield. Yeah. Yes. If um, I forgot who it was who said because I didn't keep track of that, but that that um, for sure a woman shouldn't wear. And where, like wait, that say, time, yeah, right? Start again because so, the, wait, 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 if you go back because that that uh, I, I missed some packets apparently as it was uh, as it was live streaming in my direction. Okay, um, I said that someone said that you def an example of not wearing a man's clothing for a woman is not to wear like the turban kind of head coverings that men used to wear in those days. Right, but. Women do wear those now. Right. So why is that not considered a man's dressing any more so, any or less so than a woman wearing pants that a man wears? So one of the sources, which I did not include uh, today, maybe I should have, is there's an important Rebbe Kivager. Now, so first of all, uh, the halacha is, is that uh, what's considered to be male or female uh, changes based on time and place. So nothing wow. is set in stone and as styles change in it, right? If you live in, uh, uh, where is it that the men wear kilts? Ireland? Yeah, Ireland. Ireland. Mm -hmm. Ireland. Scotland. 
Scotland. Scotland. Scotland. So, so in Scotland, I, I've, I, I've, Scotland. I've seen pictures of from weddings in Scotland where the guy is wearing a skirt because that was a formal dress mm -hmm. over there. So in that location, if that's what they wear, that's what they wear. So there's nothing magical. Again, putting aside the issue, what some of the posts can write about pants, but putting that aside, everything is going to be time and place um, uh, sensitive. So uh, back in the day where, uh, you know, men wore turbans and women did not, but nowadays, you know, Sephardi women certainly are wearing turbans and the men are not. So that, uh, that halacha is going to dramatic, will, will, will change in accordance with the, uh, the current styles at the, at, at the time. Rebbe Kiveager talks about, he raises the question whether or not when we take into account what is the current style as far as male and female, do we, do we take a poll amongst religious Jews, how they dress, or do we take into account the non-Jews in the general population? Now, this is not Rebbe Kiveager's example, but I will take that question and apply it now to 21st century. So when uh, most of us uh, here presently were children, so men did not wear earrings at all. There was, the men did not have pierced ears. That was just not what was done. Pierced ears was a female thing. It was not a male thing. Nowadays in the United States culture, it is accepted practice for men to go ahead and have pierced ears. But it's not yet accepted practice amongst Orthodox Jews that Orthodox men have pierced ears. So if a man pierces his ear, so is that a violation of dressing like a woman or not? If you take the general population into account, we would say it's no longer considered to be a female piece of jewelry. It is gender neutral or both. Everybody, you know, it's common for anybody to go ahead and wear earrings. But if it's going to, if style is going to be determined and the Isser is going to be gauged based on what Orthodox Jews are doing, so it's still not common practice for Orthodox Jewish males to have their ears pierced. So that's where you get to this interesting in-between type of stage as far as where it goes. Uh, when I teach this at, at TI, I, I always send them uh, one of the questions which they go to ask their Rav about is the difference between men's Oxfords and women's Oxfords whether buttons right over left or left over right. So typically the men's shirt is, the button is on the right and the buttonhole is on the left. That reverses for women's shirts, right? Right. Except when you go to Borough Park in Williamsburg. When you go to Borough Park in Williamsburg, really? the men's shirt is right over left because by Hasidim, everything is right over left. If you look at their jackets, their long coats, they button right over left rather than left over right. They're made specifically that way to button that way. So there also, you have this, uh, this uncertainty. If a woman wear, in, in, in Skokie, if a woman were to wear her husband's white Oxford, so is that a violation of cross-dressing or is that not? I would never notice a difference one way or the other. But there are people who would see right away, say, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe she's wearing her husband's shirt. Or I can't believe he's wearing his white shirt. Whatever the case is, and that would be the first thing that they would notice. So that's where things get a little bit uh, gray. There is a thing in halacha of gender neutral clothing, which everybody could wear and nobody's going to violate anything. That is a recognized thing as well. Um, I tell the, 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 the TI girls that if you have a pair of you know, blue sweatpants, so just because the blue sweatpants were taken from the women's section of Target or the men's section of Target, it's the same pair of pants. 
They just put it in the men's section or the women's section, but there's nothing unique about it, which makes it male or female. Same thing with the sweatshirt. If you wear a U of I sweatshirt, there's nothing male or female about it. And therefore that's something which, uh, which could be shared regardless of which section of the store you actually bought it from. But there are definitely things which are sort of in the middle over there and they can be a little bit, uh, it's not clear whether or not the, this is a, uh, a real difference or this is a inconsequential difference. What if you have something like a man's hat that, um, that they make women's styles just like that? Could you wear that man's hat? Um, so that, that, will, that will depend. That, that, that's part of the discussion that they have as far as, uh, again, which we, which, which we didn't do, but whether or not there's such a thing as a garment which is going to be, um, going to be considered inherently a male garment and even if they make a female style of it, it's just trying to put a, they're trying to feminize the male garment. But there's this like perception that it doesn't become female as, or it does become a female garment as a result of that. It's just a feminized form of the male garment. I'm not sure I, I understand that position, but there are post who hold that there's such a thing could, uh, could occur. But no it would really depend on what, uh, you know, what's the, what, what, what the, you know, uh, what fashion tells us. Fashion is going to be a, you know, a strong um, uh, indicator of, uh, of these things. We'll define for us these things. Uh, yeah, Orthodox no. people might not uh, wear those things, but because it's general practice, nobody's going to mistake uh, a woman wearing a hat like that as, as a man. They'll all know that it's a woman wearing a, wearing a hat like that. And there's no question about that, that she's not trying to cross-dress. Right. But, but remember, Belazim and Yaakov says that uh, he's of the opinion that even if you wear one garment, which is typical of the opposite gender, I'm poor, you may be able to justify that. But Stam, uh, to go ahead and to, uh, to, uh, to wear even one garment of the opposite gender, so it's, uh, it's problematic. Even if that garment is made specifically for women? Uh, well, if it's made specifically for women, so for a man to wear it? No, no. Or for it's a woman a, to wear it? It's a man's style hat, but it's, it's changed somewhat, so you know this is only a woman's hat even though it has a kind of a man's style to it. But nobody, yeah, so if it, a man it, would it, wear that hat, would say, what a strange thing for this guy to do. Because you know yes, it's a woman's yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, right. So that, that, that's a discussion that the, the post can have as far as pants are concerned. Whether or not, if you make it in a, in, in a style or in a color, which is clearly female, does that take it away from the perception that they had, let's say, 100 years ago, that pants were worn by men and women did not wear pants, and does that, does that slight change in style, what, uh, what effect does that have? So uh, my, my understanding of the halacha and from uh, reading, re reading those chupas and whatnot is that if it's made for women, it's made for women. You know, if everybody's going to look at the garment and say, this is a woman's uh, black hat, it's not a man's black hat, then it's a woman's black hat. You know, what, do you, uh, you know, what, what, what are you going to do? Hey, thank you, Rabbi. All right. Uh, no class next week, I'm assuming. No class next week, Purim night, correct. Okay. All right, we'll be reading Thank the Gil all right Thank you. Long. Take care. Have a good Shabbos, everybody. All the best. Have a good Shabbos. Thank you.